Welcome to Disciple Her, a part of the Replicate Podcast Network, where we will hear from discipleship trailblazers, Candy Gallaty and Julie Woodruff. With over 50 years of combined experience in discipling women, we'll discuss how we can equip leaders through discipleship. Here are your hosts, Candy and Julie. Well, welcome back to another episode of Disciple Her Podcast. I'm here with Candy Galdi. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. And we are here with two guests that um, we had on our last episode, and um, we are just thrilled to have them. We have Gina Floyd with us. Gina is a pastor's wife of 44 years. That's just crazy, huh, Gina? Season. 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's an author and she's a speaker. And um, Gina, we are delighted to have you. Thank you. And then we have Leanne McCoy with us. And Leanne's been a pastor, pastor's wife, for 34 years. So, uh, yeah, they (laughs) both uh, have lots of experience and lots and lots of wisdom to share with us. And here's something unique that we just realized as we were beginning, that they both are cancer survivors. So, what a miracle. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about today something that is um, we need to know about, and that's spiritual warfare as a pastor's wife. We mm-hmm. want to just kind of delve into that. And Leanne, you actually have written a book yes. on that. And um, so I'm just going to jump in and start by asking you this question. What is your definition of spiritual warfare and how can we spot it okay. today? Well, I'll start with the definition. And if I could be- be an author for a minute. Okay. I'm going to actually read the words that went on paper because sometimes we writers love the word that it came out of on the paper. So here mm. you go. Spiritual warfare has at its core an arrogant denial of and rebellion against the glory of God. Mm. At its core, spiritual warfare is an arrogant denial of and rebellion against the glory of God. So mm-hmm. then that would beg to answer. That's a little bit up there lofty for our, you know, practical everyday minds. But then my next question to that would be, so what is the glory of God? Mm-hmm. And when I think of the glory of God, the glory of God is anything God does that demonstrates expresses, reveals, shines the light on who he is, mm-hmm. who he is, not not shadows of who he is, but who he purely is, the full context of who God is. So the glory of God is the undeniable expression of God. Mm-hmm. Now, if I could read one more little portion, I want to mm-hmm. give you John Piper's definition as it pulls this kind of together about the glory of God. The holiness of God is, and I'm quoting John Piper, I think, his being in a class by himself in his perfection and greatness and worth. His holiness is what he is as God that nobody else is. It is his quality of perfection that can't be improved upon, Mm. that can't be imitated, that is incomparable, that determines all that he is and is determined by nothing from outside him. It signifies his infinite worth, his intrinsic infinite worth, his intrinsic infinite value. Mm. In Isaiah 6, 3, where it says the angels are crying, holy, holy, Mm -hmm. holy is the Lord God Almighty. The next thing they say is this, the whole earth is full of his, and you might have expected them to say holiness, but it doesn't say holiness, Mm. it says his glory. 
intrinsically holy, intrinsically holy, intrinsically holy, and the Hmm. whole earth is full of his glory, from which I stab at a definition by saying the glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It is the going public of his holiness. It is the way he puts his holiness on display for people to apprehend. So the glory of God is the holiness of God made manifest, visible, or apparent. Spiritual warfare is stopping that from happening. Hmm. Anything Mm. the devil does that stops the glory of God from being put on display. Mm. And so how can we spot it today? Mm. I think the warfare is so prevalent and so effective that what we find rare is the absence of it, right? What we find rare is when we see the glory of God Mm. being put on display. Because we've become so familiar with and okay with and accustomed with the, the rebellion against it. And so um, how can we not spot it today? Mm-hmm. And it has escalated in tremendous ways over this last year. Mm. You know, even prior to the pandemic, so many things were, were happening. But it was kind of, wasn't it just kind of like the normal chaos? Mm-hmm. It was just sort of the normal hustle and bustle of life. But then when the pandemic happened... I mean, everything turned upside down and inside out. And even people who have no connection with God could see that it was chaos. And so now in America, it's a season where we're seeing the the unleashing of this um, arrogant denial and rebellion against the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's it's everywhere. So good. I I mean, I, I have dealt with spiritual warfare. I think... You know, it comes in different forms, and it can be some can be more severe than in other ways. Mm-hmm. But one thing I feel like I've learned, and I'd love to see hear your thoughts on this, is that like I always know and expect warfare. Like mm-hmm. I I know it's going to come, and I can expect it. And I normally in my mind have a list of things that I think how it is going to come, mm-hmm. but it always comes in a way that I wasn't prepared for do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i expect it to come but i don't expect the way that it comes right you know like Uh like i'm thinking you know well of course you would try to attack my marriage that's an obvious one or of course you know this or that but then it's like the way in which it comes i'm like dude like what the heck like i wasn't (laughs) that's not that's the last thing in the world i would have thought you know and so that's just like what i've kind of been dealing with and then on the flip side i think that is why a believer should train every day. Mm, that's good. Training mm-hmm. because it's like we're we're in the Lord's army here, right? Mm-hmm. We're soldiers right. in the Lord's army, and we, you know we have a suit for battle in Ephesians six, right? I mean we we know the things we're supposed to do, and so when I get up every day and I spend time with the Lord, and I'm I'm you know I, I mean I'm I'm going to bed super early so I can wake up super early, like it's a it's a big deal to me. But I feel like I'm training, mm-hmm. and I'm training every day because the rug is going to get ripped out from under me at some point, mm-hmm. or in some, with somebody that I love very much. Mm-hmm. And I want to be as much as I can prepared. Yeah, that's good. But have you found that like where it's you know to expect it, but it'll happen in ways in which you don't expect? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find, I just found it interesting. Like he, maybe just to say that Satan's clever, or in the mm-hmm. in the tactics that he uses um, to unleash that. Yeah, warfare. and the thing is about it, what you begin to identify once you understand that there is a spiritual force 
work it against you. Mm -hmm. And I have to be quite honest with you, growing up the way I did, and I've been a a believer since I was 11 years old, but spiritual warfare was not something we talked about in my church. Mm -hmm. And if you did, you were going to do that on a Thursday night in the privacy of your cabin off in the mountains, you know, way far away from the church. And when you got back home, we would not speak of such things. (laughs) And so I wasn't taught anything about this. Mm -hmm. And I was a young pastor's wife, really just minding my own business and understanding that prayer was very important and that we can do nothing apart from Christ, right? We're abiding in Christ, Mm -hmm. and apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I was really working to try to get our people praying and all this kind of thing. And that's when I began to come up against this force Mm. of of opposition. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what to think of it. I didn't even know what it was. And I thought, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, there's something else here going on that I need to be a little more attuned to. And of course, the scripture teaches this, but I think just inadvertently from it not being taught in a very practical and straightforward way, I thought, even though the scripture talks about it, I need to kind of steer clear because if I go there, I'm going to get attacked. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid of getting attacked. So I just didn't go there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, the the ignorance was somewhat bliss until I realized Mm -hmm. that, you know, he's going to show his face eventually and you're going to know there's opposition. So yeah, I think the devil kind of crept up on me too. Obviously, he was probably at work all along the way, but I just didn't know it. Until mm-hmm. I was a young pastor's wife trying to co- convince people how important it was to pray. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then you find it. I think there have been seasons in my life where it was so obviously, it was almost tangible. Mm-hmm. You could just sense it, you could feel it, it was so real. And then there have been other seasons in my life where it was more of a subtle attack, like mm-hmm. discouragement yeah. or hopelessness. Mm-hmm or lack of faith, or fear. But then there have been those times in ministry life in particular that, man, it's it's there. You can almost reach out and touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. so true. And sometimes it could be one of the ways as a young pastor's wife I began to identify was, I, I love my husband. We've been married for two years. We were so excited to be in ministry. We've been mm-hmm. training for this. It was great. And on Sunday mornings I'd wake up, and he <laughs> he might even not even look at me wrong. And I suddenly I was like, I don't even like you today. <laughs> like, you know, and I thought, where is this coming from? Yeah. And, and then you have children, and there's the sweetest little angels every day of the week. And then Sunday morning, oh, my. <laughs> My goodness, you know, the Tasmanian little, you know, critters come out in them. And you know, that was honestly, and that's just a, a little, one of those little mm-hmm. aggravating. And I thought, well, wait. And then I began to notice that right before we were trying to do anything that would require much faith, that would really begin to display the glory of God, that was when uh, something would happen. Mm-hmm. And so mine was more beginning to identify by the timing yeah, that's of good. the warfare when it came. That's so good. In fact, I can give you a very specific. Now, Having cancer is a, a result of living in a sin-stained, fallen world, and, and it rains on the just and the unjust, right? Mm. Yes. But I had no cancer anywhere in my family, and if mm. you know anything about colon cancer, it's very much a hereditary yeah. genetic mm. cancer. There was nothing of that in my family strain. So even though I had had some symptoms that do uh, associate with colon cancer, when I would go to the doctor through the years and have that checked, they would never even assume it because less than 1% chance that that would be what it is. Wow. Wow. But the week I signed the contract to write the book, Spiritual mm. Warfare for Women, colon cancer was diagnosed. You're now. How about that? And when it happens with that kind of yeah. timing, I'm like, okay, okay, something's up here yeah. then. Yeah. Mm. So, okay, so 
what have you found to be the most powerful weapon when dealing with spiritual warfare? God's given us so many weapons. Mm -hmm. And one of the adventures of the whole Christian walk and the life, and when you're talking about training, I was, well, that'll be the most powerful, but it's just all along the way, we discover another way he's equipped us to win. There's so many weapons he's given us. His word is the the best weapon is the, and standing on that promise, knowing that we can, but here's the, it goes deeper. So many of these questions are hard to just answer quick because the most powerful weapon is an intimate personal relationship with him because if i'm intimately personally acquainted with him in this abiding kind of relationship then i'm knowing that his word is true then i'm in his word and he's giving me the word for this particular situation that i'm not going to get caught off guard for a second i might I might fall down and be like, oh, no, you know, but I'm not going to stay there Mm -hmm. because that intimacy. So it's intimacy with God. That Mm -hmm. is the weapon for me. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Strongest. I think, you know, I I think about this a lot, but I always I tell people we have to pray and process and we Mm -hmm. pray and process because you have to you have to you have to process what is happening what is taking place and then you you know it's like this continuous thing that never really ends you're praying and processing all throughout your life mm-hmm. and um, I was telling Julie this earlier but there's a song that a that a, a local artist has put out and it's called anxious and it's talking about how you know she doesn't want to live her life like that like where she's anxious and always feeling this pressure and she has a phrase in there about the devil kind of running around in her mind like it's a playground. Mm. And I thought, wow, like mm. theologically, I don't know if that can actually happen, but mm. I get what you're saying. You know, the fact that we can allow our mind to be a playground of sorts. And, you know, years ago, I read a book um, by Julie Manning, and it was the um, Every Heartbeat Surrender to God. Is that, I think that's the title, but she writes about her diagnosis of heart failure as a young woman, you know, and and praise the Lord, she's still alive today, but she writes a book about it. And she talks about the days her Bible went unopened were the days that the lies spoke louder to her than the word. And I thought it's so good. So it's like, if we're not in the word of the Lord and we don't know his promises and his truth, and we're not claiming it um, and standing on it and believing it, then whatever we are allowing in and listening to and believing are what's going to speak louder to us yeah. in those moments, you know? And so I thought, man, like, how easy is it for us to allow our mind to be somebody else's playground? Mm. Like, that's yeah. not how God's created yeah. us, you right. know? Yeah. And so that it just it just creates in me this, like, passion to, to say, no, no, you know, my mind is going to be the Lord's. That's his ground. You know, he's created that. And I need to get into the word till the word gets into me so that there's less chance of me believing lies of the world instead of the word, you know? And as Paul said, learn to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. Let's pause there and we'll come back in just a minute to continue this conversation. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. 
Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. All right, we're back uh, talking about spiritual warfare. And um, I'm just reminded of the passage in Ephesians 6 where it says that we don't wage war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness. And so it is a real thing. And we're uh, here with uh, Leanne and Gina, and I want to just toss out a question um, to y'all because we we always talk about the victory Uh being won Uh at the cross. But if that's true... Yeah. Then why are we still fighting? Yeah, was it was it what the, what is going on? Yeah, then? exactly. And um, it's so important for us to both understand the truth of that statement. The victory truly was won at the cross. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the understanding of the glory of God. Mm. When um, And it also goes back to understanding how much God loves us. Yes. So what is still at stake are the, are the hearts and the souls of, of people, mm-hmm. the people that God loves. Mm-hmm. And if God didn't love us so much, there'd be no, there'd be no, no reason for Satan to oppose him. Right. Because when Adam and Eve chose to go, we chose to do our thing rather than God's thing mm-hmm. and to be separated from him. And that separation then became who we are. We're born separated from God. Then, um, in that in that place of separation, had God been okay with that and just said, "Well, there you have it. That's the end of it," then what would they be arguing over? Right. But because God loves us, and He had already made a way to redeem us and bring us back to Himself, and what we see many times, what was explained to me was that, oh, you know, the power of God was turned upside down, and something that God didn't intend to happen happened. You know, as if that would ever happen. As if God would ever be sitting on his throne and say, oh, I didn't see that coming. Right. Now what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But the scripture very clearly tells us that God knew from the beginning this would happen, and he had a plan for that. Right. Yeah. And so throughout the Old Testament, we see over and over and over again that the glory of God is still on display. Mm-hmm. And he even chooses a people in order to demonstrate his glory through them mm-hmm. because he's still trying to show he's exhibiting his glory to the world. Mm-hmm. And he's doing all that to build up so that he can come and restore what satan won with sin Mm. when satan when satan convinced us otherwise we were given dominion to do with it whatever we wanted to we handed it over to the devil Mm. when we became slaves to sin we became slaves to him Mm. and so we stayed in that place of slavery god continued to reach down to reach down to pursue us and all through and you can read it all through the old testament and then when jesus came Mm. who is jesus He's actually the manifest presence of God. Yeah. He is the glory of God on display. Mm-hmm. And so when he came, he he came in victory. He came to establish that. And so what devil do from from the minute he started talking and walking, the devil went out to take him out. Yeah. I mean, all, from the minute, yeah. from the minute the star was hung in the sky, he was going to take him out. That's right. And um and all that culminated with he did, but he did. He played right into the hand of the Almighty God who had a plan from the beginning. That's right. And the God who loves us, who's holy and who's glory and had to have that satisfied in order for us to be mm. returned to him, saw fit to allow his own son to become us so that he could be the the sacrifice for us so that we could be reunited with God. It's like overwhelming. Yeah. What a great so love that is, right? Wow. Yeah. Yes. And so then we are in. Now that's where it gets to us. So mm-hmm. why are we still fighting? The mm-hmm. glory was won. 
one. It was so one that in Colossians, Paul wrote to the yeah. people of Colossae, uh, whatever they're called. He said that um, the that Jesus made a public spectacle of the enemy. Yeah. And they knew what that meant because in the Roman days, they didn't have what we have where they can watch battles like that be won. They had parades where you would come home and you would reenact the battles in the parade setting. And the very culmination of the parade would be dragging the leaders of the enemy right there in front of mm-hmm. everybody and publicly killing them after they had already maimed them to make a public spectacle out of them to just show how secure their victory truly was. That's mm-hmm. what Paul said that Jesus did to the enemy, to Mm. Satan, when he was on the cross. He made a public spectacle out of him when he resurrected from the dead. And so where then does that leave us? Well, we are um, receiving this amazing gift that God has given us. And we are walking in the fullness of our life. You know, um, Gina, you were mentioning earlier that we become really who we are when we're in Christ, when the fullness of him is dwelling, that's who we are. And um, when we're walking in the fullness of who we are, we just exchanged jerseys, man. We went from team devil that's to right. team God. Yeah. And the devil wants then, he knows we're, we're, we're with God. There's no way, you know, the scripture says his, the enemy cannot snatch us out of his hand. That's he right. says a double grip salvation. We got him, he's got <laughs> us. If we let go, he's got us. Like mm-hmm. there's that. But he can certainly use us to keep everybody else deceived, yeah. to keep the others that are not yet with God from knowing God. And so mm-hmm. the world looks at Christians, right? Like Christ's people, and they are looking for the glory of God to be revealed. They're saying, okay, you say you're, you're connected to God. You're intimately acquainted with him. So who is God? And so they watch us. They're looking at the platform of our life. They see us when we're diagnosed with cancer and they watch to see how we respond to that. And if we're throwing our hands up and we're shaking our head and we're backbiting and we're fussing and we're bickering and we're never agreeing on anything or, or we're being defeated and we're, we're under oppression and depression and all of these things all the time, then that's what they're seeing. Yeah. And so the platform of our lives becomes the place where we display either the glory of God or, or the lack thereof. And that's why we're still in the battle, that we are the place. You know, I mean, one of the most powerful prayers we can pray is, Lord, display your glory on the platform of my life. And if we pray that, it doesn't matter what comes in to your life. You literally just want God to get his glory. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. a few years prior to that, a young woman had died of cancer, and the whole church prayed that she would not die. There were so many great reasons for her not to yeah. die. She was young. She had children at home. She had, And we prayed like a church has ever prayed that God would heal her and that it would not happen, and we wanted it. And, you know, one, some people even said, don't even come to the prayer meeting if you don't believe that God's going to heal her. And I was very uncomfortable with that because I, was, I didn't know. Like, God didn't tell me if he was going to heal her or not. And the night she died, I was I was like, oh, boy, what are we going to do with this? You know, how do we communicate? But it's not. God told me, this is not your job. I will take care of my glory. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer, I was not, I did not want it to enter into a season like that. I was like, I will live to the glory of God or I will die to the glory of God. But it is all, my life is a platform for the glory of God. And I'm sitting here looking at you, Julie, who y'all lost your pastor prior to your good husband. And look at, look at the glory of mm-hmm. God in all 
of this. Yeah. And I know that David died to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. You live yeah. to the glory of God, you die. That's what we all do. Mm-hmm. We gave God our yes when we put it out there. And how beautiful. Mm-hmm. We can either give our lives up to the glory of God, yeah. or we can live and walk and speak and be to the glory of God while we're here. But either yes. way, you know. Praise Him. To the yes. God Mm-hmm. I just want to say that's like mic drop. I'm telling you, that's the way I feel. I thought, well, what you gonna say after that? I know, right? <laughs> I have nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, really, so good. Oh my really gosh. good. I do love that prayer, though. Praying for the glory of God um, to how'd you say? It? Pray that the glory of God on the platform of my life, yeah, like to that, be revealed you know, on, the on the platform of life. I love Which means that. no matter what, how the enemy attacks you, whatever arena he invites you into. Mm-hmm. My daughter when she was 18, was in a relationship that was not healthy, and she decided to escalate it. And um, uh, as she became pregnant, and they were together, and then it became an abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. so much so that her life was threatened. Mm -hmm. I mean, on a consistent basis. I didn't know if she'd live or die. And so in that, I was like, okay. Then in the area of domestic violence and abuse, I want it to be to the glory of God. And so I became very um, knowledgeable about domestic violence. <laughs> like, you know, you just dive into whatever right. God gives you. It's like a missionary going to the mission field. I just look at what comes into my life is the mission. Mm-hmm. This is the mission. Okay, so this is my mission now. Right. And we just we go. I don't go out looking for it necessarily. It just comes and and I want to just demonstrate the glory of God on it. I learn, I grow. In um, my first book, Spiritual Warfare for Women, um, this sentence came to me, and it's really become one that I've just circled around as I've taught on spiritual warfare for these 11 years since that book was written. And it is, every attack from the enemy brings with it a divine invitation from the heart and the hand of God mm-hmm. to experience what love does. Mm-hmm. Every attack from the enemy has filtered through the loving, sovereign, powerful hand of God. And so if it comes your way, it is your opportunity to experience what love, with a capital L, what God will do Mm -hmm. out of his love for you Mm -hmm. in whatever that is. And and it's a surrender. It's a, you know, it gets messy. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't get messy. Right. But I am saying that God, that's, you know, when we give our lives to him, we want him, you know, we're, all of us are, are pastor's wives, and we don't get up in the pulpit and, and preach every Sunday like our pastors do, like our husbands do. They have their platform, but our platform, and theirs too, is even more powerful in how we're living. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so yes. that's the sermon we're preaching is how we're mm-hmm. living our yeah. lives. And I think it's so, that's so important. I feel like it, it comes down to, a stewardship issue yeah. in our lives because what the Lord allows um, is intentional. Again, just like he's created us, all those experiences and the lessons that he brings, those are very intentional and they are a platform yes. and they're a platform for us to bring him praise, like That's for right. his glory will, so that it will be displayed and shown and people will get to see a glimpse or a picture yes. mm-hmm. of who God really is. And they do, they watch us, they watch our lives in order to, to do that. And so our hearts have to be right before the Lord as we're going through that. And we really have to press in because we're obviously don't want to give a wrong picture of that. Right. right? We want to give the right, the right picture of that, but to steward those life lessons well, Uh because we have a responsibility. If he's allowed that 
it could be that the very thing that happened to you is for the benefit of someone else. Yeah. Like I t- we teach that in discipleship all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we, we have no clue what that particular situation or circumstance is in our life and how the Lord is going to use that for you. But mm-hmm. we definitely have no clue who else it may be meant for. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I remember when we lost everything in Hurricane Katrina, so many things like came out of that. But and this is just a small example, but we went and lived with my parents after that, you know, and and they got to like a front row seat of like what this was like when the newly married couple loses absolutely everything they own, what we had at the time. Um, and lots of good came out of that. But I never knew 10 years later, my parents were going to lose everything in the flood and a flash wow. flood. And then they moved in with us and then we got to see them go through it. And so my mom told me, I remembered watching you and Robbie going through Hurricane Katrina, and that's how I knew we would be okay today. Mm. We're talking about 10 that's years, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, you just have no clue yeah. the lesson that God has taught you and what that is going to be in someone else's life. And so may we be obedient to bring him that glory and be yes. and share those things, because here's the thing, a lot of people don't want to share about some of those painful things or get involved in the nitty gritty and the thick of it. But if the Lord is telling you to do that, you know, we have a responsibility to do that. And when he, when he compels us, we have to obey and we share that because we don't know how he wants to use that, but he wants to, he wants us to point to him, you know? And so as hard as it is, um, we need to be obedient to that. That's good. That stewardship word is a good word. It is a good Mm -hmm. word. Well, we're going to close in just a moment, but I want to ask one last question, and and both of you can um, weigh in here. What are some ways that we can combat spiritual warfare in the church? Well, I think you have to recognize it. Mm -hmm. You have to be aware, be spiritually prepared. Um, I think we um, are always going to have it with us. It's it's not going away, mm-hmm. and just being prepared, um, being spiritually aware of what it is when it's coming, and um, mm-hmm. just just be ready. Yeah. Be on guard. In season and out of season, season be ready. In season and out of yeah. season, yes. And I think we have to teach about spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. you know, because um, we it's hard to defeat an enemy we don't understand. Yeah. And so, and don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. You know, there's a, um, I, I taught an, a, a lesson out of Second Chronicles chapter 20 where Jehoshaphat was faced with a mighty army. And I, and I fun, in a fun way titled it, because you don't want to teach it as a scary thing either, no, because we are victorious. Story. Mm-hmm. And I, so I titled the lesson, Jumping Jehoshaphat, <laughs> Winning Spiritual Battles is Easy. Yeah. Like, just, it's not hard. It's yeah. not complicated. You do not have to be afraid because mm-hmm. you're on the winning side. And Church of the Living God, what, is it, what did Jesus tell us? The gates of hell will not That's prevail right. That's right. against mm-hmm. you. And so I want to say to the church, wake up, learn what spiritual yeah. warfare is, take God at his word, and let's get out there and do some damage That's to right. That's the right. enemy. We need to take back the ground that he's taken. Mm. from us that's exactly right and we're equipped when we equipped i mean the word tells us to put on the armor that's right he's given us everything he's got we've got it and and the one thing i think he says take up the sword of the spirit that's right which is the word of god God. and pray at all times in the spirit spirit. and so those are our two defensive weapons to fight him but we got everything that we need and so we are on the winning side that's the good news today we are on the winning side so Mm. thank you both so much for joining us 
us Thank and just you. your yes. wisdom and what y'all have shared with us. We have so enjoyed having you with us. Thank yes. y'all. Yeah. It's, been, it's been good. It's been so it's good. Good conversation. Well, thank you for joining us, our audience, and we'll see you next time on Disciple Her Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Take a second to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive free resources to help you make disciples in your group, home, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.